Let's have fun with an expansion mock draft of sorts. The NBA could be trending towards expansion soon-ish. If they did it this summer, who would the Pacers protect? What could the league look like? What do the Pacers need to consider? Dave Sorrell, the legend for Miller Time Pods, going to join us to break it all down today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Y'all, happy Wednesday, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, really fun show. It was really great. It's already been recorded, and I can't wait. We're talking expansion and what it would look like for the Pacers in terms of protecting their players if there was to be an expansion draft. Adam Silver, the league's commissioner, has referenced it potentially coming as the league uh, grows with media rights deals and such. What would that look like for the Pacers? Obviously, it's not happening this summer, but who should they protect? What would they need to consider? And what does history tell us about these expansion drafts and what those directions could go? Dave Searle, formally the king of the Miller Time podcast and friend of the pod will join us to break all that down today. Really good show. Bookkeeping notes for Locked On Pacers Friday show is going to be with Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball previewing the Pacers season, key rotation decisions, etc. I'll be out of town. That's already been recorded, but it'll be a good show. Then next week, uh, I believe player interview number two is on the books. We'll see. Uh, but I believe so. That'll come next week. The schedule's coming out on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, if you're listening today, this show comes out. Adam Friedman and I will do our usual breakdown the whole schedule show uh, early next week as well. Uh, lots of fun stuff coming here, but let's get into expansion talk today. It might be coming sooner than you think. It's NBA expansion. Adam Silver on the record a month ago says we will turn to expansion once those new media deals are done. It's not a sure thing, but as I've said before, I think it's natural that organizations grow over time. It's coming Teams have got to be ready for it, including the Pacers, and their team will look different then than it does now. But what better time to prepare than August of the NBA offseason? Joining me to talk NBA expansion, the Pacers' perspective on it, and all sorts of interesting considerations for this topic is the Pacers' podfather himself. It's Dave Sorrell, <laughs> a man with a new job who's spending time <laughs> talking with me tonight. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to plug myself, but I feel like you set me up really quick. <laughs> I am now a wholesale mortgage broker, which means that I can save people a lot of money on buying a house. So if you are considering buying a house or if you know a real estate agent that wants to save money for their clients, please have them reach out to me. You, I know you know how to get a hold of me if you are listening to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> please do so. I would I would love to have a conversation and they would be very impressed with what I had to say. I promise you. Dave, my job is to make people I like have a better life. So you're coming on the show to promote your new job. Oh, Tony likes me. <laughs> but we're also talking about NBA expansion. I think if I had to guess right now, it would be Vegas and Seattle with one of the West teams coming to the East. I don't know. That's not the topic of today. The topic of today is is the Pacers' perspective on this and who of their current team they would protect. So I'll be honest, I was very young the last time NBA expansion happened, so I don't remember exactly the parameters of expansion drafts, but looking into it, a couple things I think are noteworthy. Uh, one, it was eight players last time that mm -hmm. teams protected, but the two teams picking could only pick one player from each franchise. So at most, a team could only lose 
two players from their roster. It's not possible for a team to pick more than one from the same team. Two, this is not really relevant to this part of the exercise, but they couldn't get the number one pick for a few years yep. after joining the league, even if they won the lottery. Um, I forget who that was really important for in the 1990s. But anyway, that was the big picture stuff. So from a Pacers perspective, they would protect eight guys and know they could only lose at most two. The tricky part of this is which eight? How do you view the direction of the eight? Do you think about trade value? Do you think about contracts? Or do you just think about winning games? How do you push forward with that? And how do you assess what the expansion teams are going to do? Are they just going to pick up the best young players they can? Or do they actually want to win? Because they're probably going to be crap anyway and need to put a decent product in front of their new fans. That was a big babble. What was interesting to you in considering the eight players that you were going to pick for this? Well, a couple things. The last time they did an expansion, it was one team. Um, it was the Bobcats. So it wasn't That's two. Right. And so um, uh, that made it a little bit different. And I'll kind of talk about those differences in a minute. Um the um uh uh what what in the world was uh, the brilliant point that i was just about to say um <laughs> okay so a couple things to consider um when the bobcats did the expansion draft they could only work with two-thirds of the salary cap for the first year oh, that was that right. was that's an important thing to know i think and we could talk yes, about that yes. a little bit um and it also the salary floor was also uh, two thirds, which uh, I think uh, um, obviously makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is that they were free to work out any deal with a team to either be motivated to pick a player or be motivated to not pick a player. So any deal that they could do um, um, uh, in that regard uh, made sense. And there was a really important one. So the Phoenix Suns had um, – uh, I don't even remember who it was. They had an overpaid center on, on their bench, wanted to get rid of them. They paid the Bobcats a first round pick to make the Bobcats pick him in the expansion draft. And they cleared up enough salary cap room. It's like it's like some white point guard named Steve. I can't remember. No, it is. I have it in front of me now. You got me all over the this. I did not know any of this. This is yeah. awesome for this discussion. Jahidi White is his Jahidi name. Jahidi White. That's his yes. Name. There you go. Uh, and it was exactly what you said. The Sun sent a first future first yeah. round pick and cash to make it happen, which is really interesting because I was about to make the point of looking at the years of experience of the players the Bobcats picked. And I was like, why'd they pick this guy with six years of service? Yeah. Well, that's why they got a draft pick out of it. Yeah. And um, there was a um, oh, who was it? There was a. There was a shooter um, that the um, uh, uh, that that the that the Bobcats took from the Cavs, and so the Cavs made the Bobcats pick another shooter from Utah, and then swap the first to get him. And who <laughs> okay. was it? It was like Sasha Pavlovich. The Cavs guy they picked was Jason Capono. Yes, uh, yes. Okay. And the, and the Jazz guy they picked was Capono. Alexander Pavlovich. <laughs> there you go. And this so is really they, interesting. And so they, so they, they knew that was going to happen. And so they maneuver it that way. Um, they picked a, uh, uh, Jaja solely, uh, to be able to trade him to the bucks for a second. They did. They got, and the, so like, they great. Did. you were all over this. I was, Oh yeah. Okay. No, I remember all this happening, you know? <laughs> and so, um, uh, I know that the big debate with the Pacers was, um, uh, Austin Kroger. That was the crucial one because the strategy is always, okay. There's some, players that are great on great deals you you can't overpay steph curry so you know any amount of money is worth it so you got to protect him uh but there's going to be some veterans that are maybe making a little bit too much money and so then it becomes two um things one uh whether or not they actually kind of maybe want a team 
to pick a, a, a somebody that with a bad contract to be able to clear that space. Or it might be that the player, va- uh, the team values that player, but they figure he's too much of a veteran. He's not good enough and he's making too much money. And so they think that a expansion team would pass on it and it frees up one more save slot for somebody else. And so there's always a game about that. And there was a whole bunch of back and forth arguing about whether or not to protect Austin Crozier. Um, at the end of the day, they didn't actually, even though, I mean, they, they protected like Scott Pollard, I think. And uh, even though they valued Pollard, I don't think they valued him as much as Crozier, but they, I guess I just figured there's no way they're going to take on Crozier's contract. And they were right. And I think they picked a uh, pretty much Brezik who started for them for like three years, I think was their Gee, I was going to say the Pacers <laughs> guy that was picked had the second longest tenure with the Bobcats of all their picks in the expansion. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the one, number one was Gerald Wallace and yes. um, who was nothing. <laughs> like when he, but when he got selected, I mean, he, like he was, he would look like he was a bust and like he was making no traction in the league whatsoever. And then the Bobcats take him and he gets, I don't know if he ever got all NBA, but I, I know he's all defensive, made some all-star teams. And of course we know all of his career. Um, and so that's always the fear, right? That, yeah. And I feel like the Pacers have got a lot of that fear in a way. <laughs> like they just have so, because you know what? The Pacers are just like horribly set up for an expansion draft. Like a terrible position for they a, are. For that was what I'm gonna be like, one of my takeaways from this. None of their contracts suck. I mean, even the ones that are maybe a little bit too much money are really short. They have a ton of cheap young players with upside, and they have not even nearly enough of uh, 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 selections to uh, uh, to protect them all. And so, and this is where it's a key that there's two teams. When it was just the Bobcats. Okay, you 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 hold the ball gets to hold your ransom. Okay, we're gonna pick this young player, this young player. Okay, fine. Here's the crap guy off our bench. We'll pay you a second to take him. Okay, just take that guy. Here's a second. Leave everybody else alone. There's two teams, so if you're gonna do that, you have to do that for two different teams, and so the cost goes up, and it's harder to work that kind of stuff out. Um, and so, okay, when we really break down the list, we can hey, this was, more, well, this was great. Be, sorry, this was great because when I went back to the 95 two team expansion draft, uh, there was none of this like trade yeah. stuff you were talking about because they yeah. couldn't for the reasons right. you just laid out. Yeah, it, it, it makes it much more difficult to kind of pull that stuff off. But, you know, if the Pacers just really love all the projects that they have, they're always like swimming in second round picks. <laughs> I feel like they could be confident that if they really needed to, they could just restockpile anything they give out. So they, you know, one strategy they could take in this is, you know, protect whoever they want and then just pick the two guys that they don't care about and then bribe them with seconds to take those two guys and then just move on. So that's a possibility too, but um, it just all depends on who they, uh, they pick, but um, th- that could be possible. Do you remember who the Pacers player that was selected in the Canada expansion draft was? I'll give you a hint. He went on to win coach of the year in the NBA. Oh, no, this is going to be embarrassing to not get it. Then. No, it's not. Um, His Pacers career was not very uh, exciting. I'll just tell you. It was Byron Scott. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he, you know, he, he, he had some moments in the Pacers uniform. I would, he was I would. fine. He was on the team when they like ascended into like, oh my yeah. God, they won a playoff series, which oh, definitely yeah, no. matters. So. He, def- he definitely had some moments. I, I, I remember his, yeah. um, him on the court very much. So, um, yeah, Byron Scott, I could have got that. I Funnily think. enough, he had 12 years of service when drafted. So the Pacers are just all over having the, the vets that get drafted and actually stick <laughs> in these expansion drafts That's right. <laughs> historically. Yeah. Hey guys, short little break here so I can talk to you 
about FanDuel. Football season is here. Preseason rolling. Anthony Richardson officially the Colts starter, even though he already started a game. Very cool for him. Very cool for the Colts. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win money all football season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner on FanDuel, you can get bonus bets every single time that the team you pick wins a game in the regular season. Pretty cool. Just pick a team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every single victory they have. So pick a good team. Pick a team you think is going to win a lot of games. And you can use those bonus bets on whatever you want. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bets right away on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Okay, we actually have to talk about the players that are on the team now for this exercise. But this was really interesting because... Like their their extra picks, should they still be around when this happens? And the media rights deal is two years away because some of their extra picks are next year. But if you can roll them back, like I wonder if teams will actually think about that, like having extra capital just in case this yeah. time comes around where it's like, hey, here's two seconds. Please take Jordan Wara instead of this guy we actually want to have or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, cash is 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 one thing that you can um, you can put in there. I don't know if the assets are subject to the same rules as other trades. Um, so I don't know, because there's a cap on how much you can give out in cash. And yeah. in particular, I don't know if that's still valid in these moves. It would be hilarious if the Lakers were just like, here's 50 million bucks. Just don't take anybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't pick LeBron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into the eight. And the, the boring way to start is to knock off the ones that it's like, duh. Okay. We don't have to talk about this. How many guys did you just immediately write or type down that you were like, duh, this is, this is not even worth discussing. Um, I, I think you think you said six. I think I said five. I had four no brainers and six that I would say were pretty easy. Is how four no brainers. So I'm interested yeah. to see who I guess you four were. and a half no brainers. Four and a half no brainers. Interesting. So I wonder who it was it Miles Turner, your borderline one? No, no. I typed him second. <laughs> Go, okay, so I'm I'm fascinated now. I wonder who I wonder I guess who I, I didn't put him second because he's the second most valuable to protect, but I typed him second because to me No, no, no. I mean like uh what Nemhard that make you think? Yeah. Okay, okay, we, we can skip over this for the two-second discussion. Tyrus Halberton, duh. Okay, done. Protected. Easy. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, Benedict Matherin, done. Protected. Easy. All right. <laughs> Good for smile. Why am I, for those watching on YouTube, why am I having such a hard time getting my hand in the frame? I, I'm really <laughs> struggling with a Because with it's a, a vertical camera frame. You have to do it right in front of your face and cover your face. It's <laughs> <not harder. laughs> uh, Okay. Andrew Nemhard, easy. Yep. Done. Yep, that's three. Miles Turner was my fourth. I'm surprised you considered him a borderline there. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm try I was trying to guess yours. I said five. I okay. had five. My, my 4.5 was Jairus Walker. He's never played a game, but like he was an eighth overall pick. So <laughs> you're going to keep him. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think that um, I'm, I, 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 it's, it is an insanely specific and narrow thing to argue about whether or not that's a, that's a no brainer, but I would say that that's a no brainer. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you had no quibbles over any of those five. It was easy. Yep, that's. I mean, that's locked in. That was a very simple, easy. So the, the those guys to me, if any of them were available in an expansion draft, they would be the first pick. Like it's hard for. I guess like the Houston Rockets have a hilarious like we have a million young players kind of team. Right. So maybe whoever they lose would be the first pick. I don't know. I'm making stuff up, but like the five guys I just said to me, if they were in this, would be easy. Did you have anyone else that you were like, yep, they would protect this guy, no doubt. Nope, had to think about everybody else. Um, definitely the, uh, the last three kind of difficult, you know, cause it's just, a, it's a matter of philosophy. It's a matter of strategy. I feel like yep. missing a little bit of 
um, getting the pulse of what GMs and owners of this franchise are saying right out of the gate, what their goals are, um, what other teams might want for those players, which is a consideration. There's a lot to think about there, and that it's made it a little bit hard to judge. And so it took me quite a while to get the three that I picked, for sure. So let's, oh gosh, I just smashed my <laughs> camera. It's pointing up at the ceiling now if you're on YouTube. Okay, let's talk about this, this, the back and forth the front offices would presumably have mm-hmm. via the player that I think is maybe the most interesting face of this discussion in Bruce Brown, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown is good. <laughs> He's ironically, as we're talking, it's his 27th birthday. When you're listening, his 27th birthday has passed. So in his prime, good player, right? But He's 27 (laughs) and on a two-year deal and like not a franchise building block level of young. So like if I'm the Pacers, I want to keep him. All right. Mm -hmm. He's good. He's going to elevate my team. And if my goals are to win right away, I really want to keep him because he's Mm -hmm. good, but he's not like locked in as like this obviously key part of a long-term future on a one-year deal with a team option the following year. Right. But also like, is he going to be picked for the reasons that I just said, where the other team, like is an expansion team going to be tripping all over themselves to get Bruce Brown? I don't know. Probably he's very good versus uh, we can, we'll get into the names, but like any young player who's on a rookie scale deal specifically, but really any young player who could grow into more or is under contract for longer or has the question of restricted free agency, whatever that is. Like that's an interesting discussion because those players may not be more valuable to the Pacers in winning right now, but could be in the future. But they would be more valuable to these expansion teams who want young players who can grow with their franchise and potentially be way more in the future. Yeah, and you know the the, the Bruce uh, Brown's contract is structured in such a way that it also could be a very appealing trade asset if that's the way it has to go. I mean, obviously, it depends yeah. on how good the Pacers are immediately they always have the option of taking him and moving to him a contender for another young piece. If for whatever reason it doesn't fit or the Pacers aren't as good as they think, et cetera, et cetera. That is also the reason why he would be a valuable choice in an expansion draft because they could take him and immediately trade him. There's no rules about you have to wait until December or anything like that. As soon as they're drafted, they can trade him. And so, um, you know, if I think any expansion team, I think would have to really seriously weigh that possibility because, you know, he excels at defense, not a super flashy player. Obviously he makes some cool, um, uh, some awesome plays, but not the kind of guy that you'd be like, Oh, we got to get him and fill the seats. I don't think anybody's paying uh, uh, to see Bruce Brown specifically. So um, I don't think that on the court, Maybe a team would uh, would uh, consider him um, that valuable, but yeah, as a trade piece to a contender, I think he could be quite valuable. And so uh, that's what that was the trade off. Like, can you get away with not protecting him and saving another young guy and hoping that the money's not going to be enough? But I think that his value and how short that contract and how tradable it is, he made my list. He's in my top eight. I I, I would I'd protect him. So I I'll, I won't reveal if I did pick him or not. Ooh. You, you can probably guess. But okay. he was definitely one of the guys I considered very strongly when I got to this six through eight range. And okay. the flip side of the discussion is the now I'll actually say the names. Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, Jordan Wara, I guess, although to a lesser degree. Some of the backup fives, depending on how you feel about them, are young and potentially good and could be long-term pieces for the team. And in the case of Jack Isaiah Jackson and Obi Toppin and Aaron Neesmith, you have restricted free agency. So... And there's a chance they're like a very long-term piece right. for the team in ways that some other guys aren't. So their value to the Pacers long-term could be high, but are certainly less than Bruce Brown right now. But for the same reasons, it's an expansion team would be like, awesome. 
this guy could grow into something for us. There's fan attachment when you have a player for a certain number of years, like Gerald Wallace is like not a legend, but is very popular <laughs> in Charlotte for, for good reason. Right. Um, and that would certainly matter to these teams, I presume. And this one, uh, I'll reveal now that he didn't make my list, but like to me, anyone who was a first round pick in the draft that just happened would be so appealing to these expansion teams, like just yes. on the off chance they pop into something. So like right. I thought, I, I certainly thought about Ben Shepard, even though I didn't think he would make it just because it's like they just picked him. Like that contract would be awesome for an expansion team. Yeah. He could be good. And he certainly has skills to be good. So I was like, you know, I kind of had to consider him just given that the Pacers valued him. And like, if you told an expansion team, Hey, you can have extra first round pick right now. They'd be like, sweet, we'll do it. So yes. yeah, I think got into the mix for me as well. No, absolutely. And like, uh, I guess w w when we revealed the list, um, definitely a very heavy factor for me was have the Pacers haven't had him in the building. Have they seen him on the court? Yeah. And anybody that's new that they like that they haven't seen yet, I think that they would prioritize because you just don't know what's good, uh, how they're going to um, uh, develop in a Pacers uniform. Any young player can obviously get better. But, you know, uh, either a change of scenery or a start of a career, it's a bit of a mystery box. And I would prioritize protecting that over someone that you probably have a feel of what kind of what the ceiling is. And maybe it's a little bit lower. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's interesting, though, that you said so you'd, be, you'd be more likely to protect someone you've never seen or that you have seen. Never seen. Um, wow. if you, if you, if you like the, if you like the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to dig into the, the bottom of the second round and grab some of those guys and protect them, <laughs> but you know, like you said, Ben Shepard, I mean, like, you just don't know. I mean, well, you have no idea what, what he's going to be like when he, when he hits the court. And I think that that is, um, um, a, something that would be more appealing to even to his expansion franchise too. But you know, as for you, you, you just haven't seen him on the court yet. That's interesting. So like, like just hypothesize with me, I mm -hmm. guess, like pretend Pretend Aaron Neesmith and Ben Shepard get drafted in an expansion draft. Like if Aaron Neesmith went on to be amazing with the expansion team, was like an all-star, would anyone kill the Pacers for for letting him go? Probably not. But well, Pacers, also, fans, Pacers fans would. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, we'll talk about Neesmith. He's an interesting guy here. But yeah, if Ben Shepard sure. popped out for another team, I suppose they'd get killed for not protecting him. But like they've never seen him play. So I don't think anyone would actually grill them for that. So I'd almost be like more inclined to keep the guy I have a known commodity of and have like, built around even a tiny bit than the guy I've never seen before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all a matter of just like, it's an expansion draft. They've got a ton <laughs> of young guys. They're going to pick someone that has right. potential. And so it's just True. a matter of what's going to hurt you the most. Um, yeah. and, and what's going to be, you, you know, if, if you put a lot of development and resources into somebody on a small level and they might be a rotation player, that's cool. But also at the same time, if you really got to, you can go sign a rotation player, um, yep. you know, and um, you're always hyper protective of anybody who has even the slightest chance of like clipping those upper echelons of potential, uh, because that is a lot harder to acquire. Um, and I feel like if you if you know someone is not going to get there or you feel like pretty confident that you, they aren't going to get there, um, you know, even if somebody who is just drafted has a lower hypothetical ceiling you just haven't seen it yet and you just never know what's going to happen it's a good point you you've got me thinking here i don't think i'm going to change my list but that was a good point <laughs> all right we're going to keep dancing around the back end of this by saying who did you cut right away because i cut four guys no chance i'm protecting them instantly out of discussion um you know i i guess i'm just kind of looking at um you know i really just based this off of what uh, basketball reference has as their current roster 
They yeah. had 18 players. Do you have 18 players on the roster? Well, okay, I did not do the two-way guys. So Kendall Brown, Shibwe, okay. and Wong. I, I guess, yes, they would okay. be cuts for me too, but I did not write them down. Sure. So then I had seven if you count those three. Um, is a Stauskas count as uh, someone? I don't know what the contract <laughs> status is. If they've been off their books. <laughs> I don't remember if they've if if they've cut that officially yet, or I don't know exactly how that yes, works. He's gone. He is okay. Not so he so he's on a list. But I mean, you know, Tice, yeah, McConnell. Okay. So t- yes, those are the first two I typed. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. I think I I think I had to put a thought into anybody else. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, just at least for a half second, you know. Like Chad Buchanan said on setting the pace, he's like, "Yeah, Tice is probably not part of our timeline." Like, I think that was that was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't get picked in the expansion draft anyway, so not a huge deal. Uh, McConnell would probably get, maybe would get picked in an expansion draft, but I, I think if you're the Pacers, given your team construction, you go okay. I put the other two, I put the other two young centers in the I can't consider you category. I put Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson there, not because I don't think they're good or valuable to the Pacers or could be something someday, but because the way the center position is, they're right. the most replaceable. If they both get picked, you still have Tice guaranteed in that case. Um, you get another young center in the future at some point anyway, and I don't think I value them over some of the other guys we're going to talk about enough to consider them for my eight. So I put them in the cut list pretty quickly. Yes, um, me too. I mean, I put some thought into it, obviously. It was kind of one of those, you, you sort everything, and it's kind of like put it in a pile just in case. But like, <laughs> I didn't really think that there was they, either of them had a chance of making the top eight. Um, it's mainly just uh, relying on, is there a foggy memory of, of players that are maybe worth it, and can they slip in there? And it's also one of those, like maybe some of the veterans that are a little bit more expensive, expensive you think about the strategy can you knock a few off the list and swoop them in maybe, but it's just ultimately doesn't seem worth it. It's like when you're, so, yeah, moving, like, when you're moving and you put something down, you're like, Oh, maybe I'll want this. I'll come back <laughs> to it later. And then you actually are moving. Like, yeah, I don't want this. I don't ever <laughs> this. That's those two guys. Okay. So we're in the same spot where we're picking three of the group. That is Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, Ben Shepard, Jordan Wara. Correct. I think so. We did not talk about Betty healed. We did not talk about Buddy Hield. No. Uh, add him to the group I just said. I don't know why. His name is typed on the list that I'm staring at right now it's, yeah. with a question mark after it. But still, yeah. uh, he is among the group to consider. So, okay, I actually want to talk about him in a little more detail because of his contract. It's expiring, right? That yeah. by default makes him both less valuable to the Pacers and an expansion team, right? Yeah. And, well, it, it, again, I mean, it's somewhat in a similar vein to Brown, but not quite as sharp. If there is somebody who really needs a sharpshooter and can somehow dump some salary, I could see it being valuable in some ways for an expansion team to say, you know, that 20 million, 22 million salary as the cap keeps increasing, even though they are hypothetically hamstrung by this uh, two thirds rule, which I don't know if they'll carry over or not. It's still not a ton of money. And, you know, if some contender says, okay, here's a second round pick and like our Jordan Wara, whoever that is that we have, like there, take that and we'll take Buddy Heal. Like that might be possible. And so they might see taking him as a conduit to getting some stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know. And so th- I think that that might be um, a path to having some appeal um, in an expansion draft. Like it's just the question is. Would the Pacers care that much um, if that were to happen? Um, I mean, I know that they. um they have plenty of uh, wing players that can that can fill in those minutes. Um, I would be 
a little bit surprised if they um, they held on the heel long term and, you know, maybe getting rid of that a little bit quicker and freeing up a little bit more minutes could be something that could be appealing to the Pacers. Um, but then there's just also the question is, does he cross that threshold because of how much he's maybe making, how short that contract is? Could they really get something valuable to him in a veteran trade market? And if not, maybe that's just a player that the expansion team just is like, eh, it's just not worth the, the effort. And so it's like a free space for the Pacers. Um, given the, I think, pretty small downside to the Pacers if they were to lose him versus the small upside of, of expansion team actually picking him. I'd leave him off the list just to free up a space and I'd, I'd roll the dice on him that he'd be the guy that I think that would be worth the gamble, so to speak. So he he is the reason I have something typed on the right. If you're on YouTube, that you can see right. But valuing trade value or basketball value to a team, right? Because like I, I think you'd agree with this. Buddy Heald, as presently constructed, even on an expiring contract, probably has more trade value than Ben Shepard, right? Um, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it just I guess depends on the, the now matching salary makes it a little confusing. Yeah. But like I I would think so. I would so if you're an expansion team, it's like well. Ben Shepard definitely has more long-term upside for us, but this guy could be a trade chip if we yeah. want to pick a different. You know, so that and is also, where, and sorry not to interrupt, but um, uh, not sorry not to interrupt, but I'm interrupting. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Buddy Hill's like such a classic like expansion team guy because he can put up 20 points a night, hit some threes, get the crowd cheering a little bit, have some fun with the fans. Like you look at the box score and it looks respectable because somebody hit 20 points you know what i mean it's not like six guys that hit like 12 and then you lose by <laughs> 30 and everybody's sad it's like oh these are like real nba games but he's not good enough to actually like elevate you out of like the lottery so you know it's like it's fun to watch fun to market a little bit you can have a little bit more entertainment sizzle in it while you still get the job done that you're rebuilding on that and so that would, I think, you know, I, I feel like the expansion teams love having that kind of veteran player on the team and he can he could fulfill that role a little bit, too. So that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting one. This would be like a lot of philosophy of expansion draft discussion. And okay. for the Pacers, if they like if the Pacers thought they could make the conference finals this year, I think they'd be way more inclined to keep Buddy Heald than. Right. <laughs> but one, this is not real. This is not there's not an expansion draft this summer. Right. And two, they're not close to the conference finals. So that would not be a consideration. OK, let's just we've danced around this for too long. Of the six guys, I did pick Bruce Brown. I alluded to not earlier, but I did have Bruce Brown protected in my eight. But, me too. Okay. Uh, you do your seven, and then I'll tell you if I have him, and then I'll do my eight. <laughs> That's how I'll do this the rest of the way. Who's your seventh guy? So I didn't have it in order. Okay, who's a seventh guy? That's fine. <laughs> um, I will go well, – I'll say uh, I'm Toppin. I protected Toppin. I did protect Toppin as well. Okay. Um, that one – was only because of restricted free agency. Like there's a chance that if he, like he could be not that great this year. And then the Pacers gave away nothing and it's not a big deal and whatever, right. but he could be a great fit at a tough position to get good young players at. And they have the chance, to, the guaranteed chance to keep him going right. forward. Like that is exceedingly valuable, even if that's not a high chance. And so I, I would prefer that to some older players myself. Absolutely. Good. Wow, so we have the same seven. The big reveal. <laughs> I think we're going to have the same eight, I think. Is your last guy Aaron Neesmith? No. No. Oh, sure. We did it. Sure. I, I I do like Neesmith. I, I would like to be acknowledged as a uh, an early adopter of Neesmith. Um, I'm still on the Neesmith sure, train. Sure. Um, but I, I protect Shepard. 
I'm just, you know, it's just the mystery box. And it's funny because Neesmith, like, you know, okay, so Jerry Wallace came out of nowhere, right? Like, yeah, nobody, nobody really saw it. And so when he was so good, it kind of um, was amazing. When I see that, I'm like, man, if there's a guy in the Pacers that does it, it's Neesmith, right? Like, just because of, uh, you know, at being able to play defense so well, and, you know, having a, a relatively um, uh, strong amount of athleticism, like, if somebody goes crazy, it's that guy. So that does make me a little bit nervous, and it gets a little hand-wringy. And that's when you go, like, man, can you get away with not protecting Brown and so you can protect them both? But ultimately, because of the the trade value, I think you still got to protect Brown. And, and then that comes down to, I still think we've seen enough to know that Nisa Suleen isn't nuts. And I mean, how many times that a, you know, a, a, a sweet shooting guard out of nowhere ends up being a really good player drafted at the end of the first round? Like, it, that seems like a very common NBA story. And it's always somebody you don't expect. That's the reason why they were there. So, um, you know, that's... Uh, that just glimmer of what if he's just like way better than anybody ever predicted um, is the reason why he made it. But like, if you and I were running the Pacers and you're like, really got to protect me, Smith, I might be like, okay, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I could be easily talked into going to Smith. That, it was those two that I was kind of flipping back and forth on. So I'm not surprised that he was the guy that you went with. And I don't really have an argument otherwise, other than just the literal existence of an unlimited ceiling, no matter how small that is. Yeah, so the, there's a difference between Aaron Neesmith and Buddy Heald right now, and that is their contract. One is on a rookie scale deal with restricted free agency, and one is not, because, like I mentioned earlier, I said, do you think Buddy Heald has more trade value than Ben Shepard? Yeah, probably. Do I think Aaron Neesmith has more trade value than Ben Shepard? That's close, but I think probably a little bit. Like, if, if someone, if the Pacers were offered the 26th pick in the draft that just happened for Aaron Neesmith, I bet they would have said no. I would have been, they'd have to think about it, but I bet they would have said no. They had the 26 picks. This is a stupid hypothetical, but you get what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I so do. the difference is both of them are on expiring contract, Hield and Neesmith, but they, if Neesmith is still solid for them, make sure they can keep him. Same reason I kept topping. They have the resources to keep him on their team. They could extend them right now in theory. They won't, but they could. So that's why I thought he was worth keeping to me. Shepard would have restricted for agency in four years, but I did the opposite of you or I valued less never having seen them. That's why I said it with Walker earlier. Like he was my 4.5 because never seen a play. Obviously you're going to keep a lottery pick you just made, but you just never know like what that could end up being. It could be Kawhi. It could be a not so good player. So right. uh, you just never know. And I value that. That's interesting. I value that the opposite way you did. There's one player we haven't talked about at all. And that's Jordan Wara. He's mm. on an expiring deal. He's like, a, he'll probably get picked, right? Like he's 25 and good and yeah. on a low value contract. But I, I, he looked good. I mean, he looks like an NBA player. He's on the Pacers rotation. Like there, there's just yeah. no reason to protect him, especially with unrestricted free agency next year. Yeah, and so like I, I think that that would be uh, the same reason why the Pacers found him appealing as, as a little bit of a of a, um, incentive to do a salary dump was, you know, with an expansion team, he looked like he, I mean he could make plays. It, it didn't look like he was um, um, out of. Hey, my turn to interrupt. Court. My turn to interrupt. He set the Pacers franchise record for points in a quarter. That happened. That really did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's um, that seems like kind of a classic expansion uh, kind of pick. And and you know maybe it's a situation where. You're kind of debating uh, between, um, you know, Shepard and Neesmith. And then, um, you know, maybe it's, hey, here's a second if you take Nora. You know, then you get the two. You kind of reverse the 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 the, the bounty you got, so to speak, from the salary dump. And you say, do that so we can protect Neesmith. It gets a little complicated when there's two teams involved. Uh, but, you know, um, 
if the Pacers had to send in something out in order to protect the one that's not on that list, they, they certainly have, I think the ammo to do it, you know, you attach a second to Isaiah Jackson and a, and a team might be like, eh, what the hell? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter which one of these guys we choose. So we'll take the second and you can keep the guy that you like. And so, you know, maybe a little bit of bribery um, has to go um, into the, you know, I'm sure the Pacers would be happy to send cash, right? <laughs> so i don't know when expansion will actually happen mm-hmm. the meteorites deal that silver referred to in the quote i said 30 minutes ago was is in 2025 mm-hmm. pacers have the jazz 2027 second unprotected the mavs 2028 second unprotected some good swaps with the suns and wizards in 28 and 29 the kings 2030 unprotected like they have ammo in that range to do all the things you've described. So, yeah, and, and, yeah and, and, and don't forget the creativity the other way. So they've got all the seconds and they've got some young pieces. Could they do the reverse where someone's unprotected that they like, but that's a player that maybe has a low ceiling but is ready to compete right now? And then the Pacers say, here's a second and a, and a young player or two. You go draft that guy. We'll, we'll do the slap right away. Like, and so they can go shopping amongst all the unprotected players and grab somebody like that. I mean, the Pacers would have a lot of ammo to make that level of trade. They could do that all day long with the kind of guys that would be involved there. And so I would not be surprised. I know Pritchard would look at it. It's just the question of whether or not they would, uh, they would find something to, to do. Um, I, w- I would not be surprised to see them kind of go shopping on that market especially because the Pacers love a trade where they have to force somebody to play for the Indiana Pacers, <laughs> you know? So they love being able to do that kind of thing. So that there's just like a solid veteran that's set up for four years, manageable, a TJ McConnell on another team, you know, uh, that might be someone that they might enjoy shopping for um, in that context. So um, maybe they'd be able to pick up with something a little bit there. I really hope Seattle gets a, a an expansion franchise. I was in, Seattle, the day they did the Save the Sonics rally, and I had free time, and I didn't go. It's one of the big regrets of life. I don't know why. I was just, I just sat around killing time. I should have just like uh, gone down there and, and participated in that, um, uh, which is really sad. I, I have a little prevention for that because I was also in Cleveland the night of the decision. That was very wow. Very, yeah, I was downtown Cleveland the, the, when Dang. the decision happened. I saw some burning jerseys. That was pretty wild, and I, I wish I could add Seattle to that list, but. Um, um, still have a soft spot in my heart for them, and I, I hope they get a, a, a team because um, that's a great city. Pro sports in Vegas is still weird to me. Um, I think this seems bad. I mean, man, okay, here's the thing. I agree, but the fans are showing up, man. People are going. I, I, you know, it's um, I, 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 gambling and sports are getting real cozy. I don't know if that's such a great thing. No, but You um, had the verb wrong. You said getting. Have gotten is the correct yeah. term. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. If there are no team in the mix, why not? I want to talk about expansion cities for like two seconds just for funsies. But first, to end this, trivia for you, just to make it hard on you. 1988, do you know who the Pacers' only player picked in the expansion draft involving the Miami Heat and Charlotte Hornets was? This one is very hard. The other one is much easier. Um... No, I wouldn't know that. Okay, that would be Clinton Wheeler. Not (laughs) not a big loss in retrospect. But the other one was in 1989 – the expansion draft with the Orlando Magic and Minnesota Timberwolves, the Pacers lost to the Magic. Scott Skiles, a good player, yeah. right? Like you right. see the ends of the yes. spectrum when we've looked back through these. Like that is a big deal. I should have got him. the assist record while I was there. He did. He, he yeah. still has it to this day, doesn't he? Oh, right? Yeah. So it was 30, right? Yeah. 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 So 
it's interesting seeing on one hand in some of these expansion drafts, like they lose Permas Brezic and it's like, okay, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you lose Scott Skiles. Like that's a big deal, right? That's why these discussions are so important. Okay. NBA expansion for two seconds. I think it's going to be Seattle and Vegas. Seattle seems like a lot to me. They literally already have an arena. <laughs> they have a hockey team. <laughs> like, right. They have a fan base. Okay. Done. Vegas is probably going to be the second one just because the league already does a bunch of crap there. But can we get Vancouver back? Like Canada's a whole country. Like that just makes a lot of sense as a market to me. Vancouver is a beautiful city. It's really cool. And it's, you know, obviously not far from Seattle, too. And like, yeah, seem to make a lot of sense. I don't know why the Grizzlies didn't work. Uh, maybe now that the, the Raptors really have gotten a foothold there, uh, maybe they could try it again. Um, I can see that um, as a good city. Um, I don't know if I have anything else really top of mind of one that's really uh, kind of glaring. That would be an omission. Um I don't like Montreal, I guess, yeah. <laughs> as a possibility. But, uh, you know, it seems like uh, they've I've had some success with uh, pro sports. But, of course, they had to move a baseball team out of there. But um, uh, I guess you'd be looking in Canada. A team in Mexico would roll. I mean, that yeah. would be amazing. The um, team, they're trying it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I assume that, you know, travel makes it a little bit tougher. But, you know, who cares? Uh, they got private jets. They could figure it out, I think. Uh, that would be really rad to see. Um, one of my arguments for W expansion has been Toronto just cause you get a whole country. So like yeah. that'd be the same for Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's be a lot of reasons why that would be very, very cool. Yeah. Um, okay. And if it is Seattle and Vegas, this is a dumb question, not related to the Pacers at all. Who would you send to the Eastern conference? Uh, Minnesota, right? I think so too, but Memphis and New Orleans are farther East. So they have their cases. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about that because everybody always says Minnesota. And well, it makes I, so Minnesota like, is the closest teams to them are Chicago and Milwaukee. Like that's right. why. Whereas Memphis right. and New Orleans are at least close to the Texas and Oklahoma teams. But, like the, the Midwest is like a region, and that's like the, the <laughs> core Midwest, and so it makes sense to kind of group them together in the South. I, I think it would be Minnesota, like you said. But I mean, I didn't even know this. Like New Orleans is farther east than Memphis. Did you know that? Yeah, barely. I did not know that. That's yeah. surprising. Uh, it's the, you know, if you've ever gone down the, the river, yes, goes yeah. by both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made, when someone told me, I was like, duh, but I like, you see a map, right. you're like, huh, whatever. Okay. That was, yeah. Was There's a lot of weird stuff like that. Like, um, you know, uh, people go to the Southern Indiana and it's so hilly and tree, uh, so many trees and so beautiful. And they're like, what the hell is in Indiana? But then you like, you look at, um, uh, you know, longitude and it's, uh, um, the same, uh, line as like North Carolina, you know, it's like the same terrain basically. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's funny how that ends up getting grouped up in your mind for for certain. Uh, this this is the stuff I hope people click on this show for. I know <laughs> <laughs> the geography of New Orleans and uh, Southern Indiana. This is this is what people click for. I think this one could be interesting. I think there could be some good spirited debate amongst listeners about who they would protect. And if so, tweet at at Miller Time Pod, not me, not at Lockdown. <laughs> Just Dave. Let him know who your top eight would be. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Sorry. Sorry. I'm on whatever it's called now. Uh, no, just, just 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 keep calling Twitter. It's good. It's just it, it, it doesn't matter. Just when Tom Lewis was on here, he called it Z, and I thought that was so funny. I, <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not doing it to be stubborn. I'm just like, why not just keep calling Twitter? I know. If I, get, if I say X, you're going to be so confused. If I say Twitter, you know. So I'm just going to keep calling Twitter. Yeah, the little the little logo is still a little the, the brand was so like known and valuable. whatever. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, this podcast is at Locked On Pacers and I'm on there at Tony R. East. If you're on YouTube, I'll comment this and you can reply or just let me know down below. Who would you protect? Who would be 
your eight guys. And I might do this every summer until they do expansion because this is dynamic. This changes with more information every single year. I imagine the top five will be the same next year, but you never know. We'll see. Dave, thank you for the time. I already said it, but where can people follow you if they want to hear more from the things you just had to say? You can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at, at Miller Time Pot. And um, don't forget to send me a message if you're like buying a house or no real estate or something <laughs> like that so I can make some money. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> this gets you just one customer. I will be elated. I, 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 can't, I can't pay for referrals, but I will uh, pay you in kindness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No comment. Uh, okay, tomorrow is the day off this week since we're down to four weeks for August. Friday, Josh Lloyd, host of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, and I are going to talk all things Pacers season preview from his perspective because he covers the league from a fantasy perspective, so he thinks about things a little differently. It was really interesting. We already recorded it. He had a lot of um, good thoughts, and we played an Immaculate Grid game at the end, and I did awesome with the Pacers references. So you guys can look forward to that. And the next week, I believe the player interview is rebooked. We'll see. Uh, the schedule's coming out this week. We'll talk about that next week. Lots of other stuff coming in international play as well. So we're rolling here at Lockdown Pacers. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. <laughs>